mom. Today I am going to give you my narration of Stalin chapter 2, which it, uh, basically tells how Stalin um, became a gov a, a, an influential government leader in the communist movement. Um, and uh, it really, that chapter really traces from the beginnings of communism uh, to the end uh, of Lenin's um, rule in Russia. So, in chapter two, it kind of opens with Stalin coming out of prison only to find that the time elapsed be between his going into prison and going out result in him coming out to a completely new government. So, um, how this happened was during World War One, the pressure, the internal pressures became so um, intense and so crazy. Um, the demand, the the pressures from the people that um, the Tsar actually was forced to evacuate because his military leaders could not support him anymore, uh, and so he left. He abdicated his throne and left it with his brother and unfortunately leaving it with his brother turned out to be not so great a plan. His brother eventually um, didn't exactly take office or something like that. And so, if I'm not mistaken, it fell into, the government fell into the hands of Alexander Kerensky. Kerensky wanted to create a democratic um, government think something that has a congress or similar to i suppose the Weimar Republic which the Americans and Britons were attempting to um start in Germany of course they that kind of that plan kind of backfired but anyway um in Russia this this created then two opposing sides because even though Lenin was in Denmark he heard about the Tsar's um, abdication of his throne and so he decided you know what let's strike while the iron is hot we can get in there so um, Lenin moved back to Russia um, and nobody spied on him, nothing, nothing happened. Uh, Stalin was finally free to go after so many years, after 14 years of trying to escape the Russian police, the Russian secret police, he was suddenly free, completely free. Um, and so these two opposing sides um, really started um, clashing. And as Lenin was determined to take power, 
by all means. This resulted in um, a lot of consequences for um, the Russians. This eventually became a civil war in which uh, the, the in which each party was called the Whites and the Reds. Um, so I just had to research quickly because I couldn't remember which um, army each, uh, which um, color army each belonged to. Because in Russia, during the Civil War, they referred to each army as white or red. Lenin, ironically, uh, termed himself, terms his army as the white army, while the nationalists um, slash democrats, more, more democratic um, government, termed themselves the red army. And um, in the end, a lot of the peasants were the ones that really suffered um, from the crossfire. Um, it was... It devastated a lot of villages so even if if people were not um, white sympath the white army sympathizers or Lenin Leninists um, they simply for the fact that they said one thing that wasn't completely supporting Lenin they would they would suffer in some way. In fact, um, during the Civil War, there was someone who recounted later on that an American actually heard this person say it, that he had, that he, he as a red arm, as I believe a white army person, he had some prisoners brought up to shoot to kill, um, and apparently one of them was his uncle. And though you would expect him to have pity on the uncle, because of the fact that he did not support Leninism, his nephew shot him. So the 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 white army um, soldier shot him, and he, and he recounted that story like it was nothing. But to Russians who were alive during this time, this was normal. There was so much bloodshed that people became um, calloused to a lot of the violence. And, um, but at, at length, uh, Lenin took over, slowly but surely, um, the government and even though the white army kept fighting until um, 1922, um, my computer actually says that they they finished fighting in October on October 25th of 1922. Um, Lenin was in power was for the most part in power um, from like 1920. About um, this caused a marked change. In Russian society and government it was not completely for the best it was not what the people had desired at first honestly 
Um, Lenin required that a lot of the peasants give their um, give their produce that they create that they got from the fields um, to the government because as a rule in communism you have to collect all that every all the agricultural thing agricultural people have to give all that to the government because the government knows best how to distribute that so everyone has you know shares everything evenly um as well um th however this created a problem because a lot of the people the peasants who worked in agriculture um had more food than the people who lived in industrial cities so um at one point during a famine the people in the industrial cities were more affected by the famine than the people in the agricultural areas. However, um, it was actually Lenin's own fault that the bear, that there was a famine during um, the early 1920s uh, in Russia because uh, as a result of that of of requiring farmers to give back um, the produce of their land, the farmers actually backfired because um, under the nationalists, they had been able to own their own property and been able to distribute their own produce as they wished. So that plan backfired on Lenin and so he was eventually forced to give um, Russian government a little bit more democratic feel. But it, it wasn't a huge deal. Um, another key aspect of communist rule under Lenin was that um, all religious um, organizations and schools were stopped. Um, many young people actually were starting to wean away from the faith and a lot of propaganda helped towards that end um, it was there was a priest in Russia at the time who was with some peasants and when I believe an American asked him, um, so what happened to the church? Um, do you think it'll survive? Um, the, the priest said, oh, it's, it's already dead. Because there were only a few people that could go, that went to the services now. And religion, thanks to the government, was almost completely squashed out. Um, it affected, the whole communist movement affected much of the people and a lot of the intrigues that went on in government went unchecked because literally there was nobody to check except the government. Um, the government ruled itself. It was, uh, Lenin's form of government was pretty much a council of men 
who had complete authority of whom there was a head, and that was Lenin, who else? Um, <laughs> and so these men in offices controlled the lives of the people of an entire nation, the one of the largest nations on earth. However, um, another uh, Stalin kind of took advantage of this um, in ways that nobody else did. He worked in an office during this time, managing all the details of the government. However, as he managed the details of the government, he also started um, fine-tuning the government to his own will. He gave people jobs that they owed to him, to Stalin. And so, therefore, he had just earned people that were completely loyal to him rather than Lenin, or were at least more loyal to Stalin than Lenin. Um, in addition, Stalin also... Um, created this secret police force for himself where he even had an engineer uh, create an eavesdropping device it was it was a very smart scientist that he hired and um because stalin was so good at hiding his tracks he uh, killed the scientist soon afterwards so the, the things he did were not even Lenin knew about them. Lenin, for his part, he loved Stalin. He loved the fact that he would do all the, the nitty-gritty work. He would always be at his um, desk, so much in his desk that he actually developed. Um, I forgot what it's called exactly, but he developed really pale skin, pale yellowish skin because he would almost not be outside at all. Um, and so Lenin began to trust this guy, and even though Stalin didn't seem to get raised higher and higher, per se, um, he had already amassed his own people to, the go to his future government. At one point, however, Lenin suddenly had a stroke and Lenin was starting to realize that his health was failing and Stalin was starting to prepare for, pretty much starting to prepare for uh, Lenin's death. So he made this deal with two other men to suggest being the triumvirate, or I, I forgot the name in Russian. I forgot what it was called exactly, but pretty much like a three-man group that rules a country. They were completely on board with that. Um, however, apparently um, Lenin was starting to realize that Stalin was 
not the comrade um, he imagined he was, but a power monger, <laughs> literally. Um, and so Lenin wanted to write as fast as he could to the council or the congress or something like that to please keep this guy from um, continuing whatever he's doing, to please um, shut him down. And when Lenin meant shut him down, that meant nothing else but kill him. Um, unfortunately, Lenin was not able to um, deliver that message. He had a stroke the following day, which um, just completely paralyzed his left side, I believe. It paralyzed half of his body, and he couldn't speak anymore. Um, and so after that, even though he wanted to have it, he, even though he, that he still asked for it to be read um, at, the next, at the next year's meeting. Um, but even before that meeting, the next year, Lennon died of another stroke. This left Stalin um, with his triumvirate and wondering what on earth, how on earth he, can, he could get his hands on that letter. Surprisingly, or at least surprisingly for me, he did not get his hands on the letter. What he did was have um, the council read it in a private meeting. And before that, he was saying to everyone how sorry he was about Lenin's death and crying and everything and creating this whole scene so that when the people read the letter, it was clear that Lenin had unfounded doubts about Stalin. And so Stalin, pretty much Russia's tyrant, was admitted by his own people through trickery. The triumvirate that Stalin had soon very quickly dissipated as he cast them out and these two men started a revolution against him. But when he found them, he, and when he arrested them, he um, tortured them so bad that they were trembling and they promised that they would never do that again and they soon worked under Stalin. Stalin was every bit a tyrant and this was very much reflected in the way that he gained power. And, um, I mean, his, his way, the way that he even gained power intrinsically relied on his suspicion of everyone including Lenin, because he even had an earpiece. Um, or like a, like a, he had a spying, he had his own spy. Um, a woman who later became his wife as a maid in Lenin's house. He, and 
and different devices that he would spy on everyone. He knew exactly what everyone was doing at any given time. And so um, just the suspicion of pretty much everyone, um, this drive for complete totalitarian power, and this bitter revenge that he transmitted throughout the rest of his life and of his rule over Russia. So that pretty much is my narration of chapter two of Stalin. Thank you so much, mom, for listening. And I'm sorry if this sounded a little um, confusing. I hope it was clear. Um, It's been a while since I actually read the text. Um, But thank you again for listening. Love you.